Thank you for tuning in to Conroe United Pentecostal Church today. We pray that this podcast is a blessing to you. If there is ever anything we can do for you, please email admin at conroeupc.org. Amen. Genesis chapter 45, verse number one. Amen. For, for, uh, to speak towards our offering last Sunday night. All I can say is, what a tremendous display of unity. Amen. Nobody gave a huge piece that would make all of that up, but everybody participated, and it all added up, and it was a tremendous number, and what a blessing. Amen. Genesis chapter 45, verse number 1. So Joseph could not refrain himself before all of them that stood by him, and he cried. Cause every man to go out from me, he said, and there stood no man with him while Joseph made himself known to his brethren. He wept aloud, and the Egyptians in the house of Pharaoh heard, and Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph. Doth my father yet live? His brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled at his presence. And Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me, I pray you. They came near, and and he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. Now therefore, be not grieved, nor angry with yourselves, that you sold me hither, for God did send me before you to preserve life. For these two years hath the famine been in the land, and yet there are five years in which there shall be no earring and no harvest. God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it, it, it was not you that sent me hither, but God. And he made me a father to Pharaoh, And the Lord of all of his house and a ruler throughout all of the land of Egypt. Amen. What a perfect song that we've just sung. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. I want to talk to you this morning for a few moments from this simple thought. God is with me. Why don't you turn around and tell somebody that God is with me. Believe it or not, God is with me me. Amen. God is with me. You may be seated today. I am awed by the many things and reports that are coming back to us from various families in our church this year. We decided last year that 2018 would be a year of big. And though though the statement that I a lot of times say, big in 18, doesn't sound grammatically good. It does convey a tremendous message. And again this morning, I stood in awe as I, I listened to yet another family who is building a new house talk about some of the things that were going to be in their house. And as I heard them talk about this item and that item and Uh, begin to not be happy with a a couple of things that they could see already done on the house that they were going to 
make them be redone. And then I heard about floors and uh, cabinets that were perfect and, and just so many, so many things of this dream come true. I had to stop. I had to stop and, and just point. Do you, I just pointed to him. Do you realize who's having this conversation? Because it wasn't just very many years ago that this was an impossibility. There was no way this would happen for you at that point in your life when you came to the Lord. But now look, not only are you building a house, but you're saying to me that you've got everything in it perfectly like you want. To the point that you're complaining about some things that are on the house that you don't like. We have come a long way, baby. When you arrive at that point, but there was a point you're just glad to have a roof. I mean, you, if it's not a roof, just a tent, anything. But now at the place that you are, I couldn't help but rejoice because of the tremendous blessings that various families in our church are experiencing this year of 2018. Because when you, when you look back and, and you realize that... Uh, that God will never leave you. And you've, you've, not, you've not been God forgotten nor God forsaken a step of the way. Though along the way you may have felt God forsaken and God forgotten. And you may have looked for some explanation. You've probably along the way endeavored to find a way for there to be some definition to your dilemma. However, when you look back and you realize that not one step of the way were you alone. Not one step of the way has there been a question uh, from God's view if you were going to survive. Because if he sent you on a journey, it's because he sent you on a journey. If he sent you on that journey, he intends for you to arrive at that point of destination. So therefore, when, when he, he sent you, though you may have thought there were conflict and things that might prevent you from arriving at the place that God sent you... He had placed a, a destiny in that trip, that destiny in that portion of your life. And he sent you there. And so you must realize uh, the wind may blow, but God sent me. There may be problems, but God sent me. I may have to overcome a mountain, but God sent me. I may be overwhelmed with despair and pressure, but God sent me. I might have to file bankruptcy, but God sent me. I might pass away through the courtroom or the hospital room or even, or even through the cemetery, but I realize and remember that God sent me. And if God God sent me, then he's not going to send me and, and just expect me to make this journey all by myself. So I realize uh, he sent me, he dispatched me, he designed a destiny and a future and a promise. Uh, and so therefore, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, uh, though I walk through the most difficult, darkest moments of life, uh, I have a confidence, uh, we have an absolute confidence uh, that he never leaves, he never forsakes. Uh, and you ought to be able to rejoice uh, on a Sunday morning when you remember he sent me. He kept me, and I will arrive at that place. 
Amen. And you look back and say, well, can you believe this journey? And you, and you just stand in awe at the moment where God has answered the prayers and God has kept his promises to you. And you look back and you, and you realize it's only been five years. It's only been ten years. It's only been a few months. And you scratch your head and wonder and realize it sure doesn't seem very long now. But while you were in that journey, there was some days that were long. There was some 14 hour, 18 hour, 20, some of your days were probably 48 hours long when you were going through that season of life. But when you look back and you want to laugh at yourself, why did I question God? Why did I doubt that he was going to be with me and he was going to keep me? David had learned this lesson in his life in Psalms chapter 37 verses 23 through 25 the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way though he fall he shall not be utterly cast down for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand I have been young and now I am old yet I have never seen the righteous forsaking nor the seed begging bread David just reminding us. David's just putting it in written form, the chronology of his life that says, I was young and I'm old. But coming out of that, I realize I've never one time seen the righteous forsaken. I've never seen my faithful faithfulness forgotten by God. He has been with me and he has kept me. You've got to realize David passed through his own hell more than one time. As he as he grappled with the consequences of his own trans, transgressions, he, he tried to, to deal with the death of children, with the, the unfaithfulness of children, with the betrayal of those that were close to him. He saw his dream die more than one time. However, it's in that middle of Psalms chapter 23. It's the famous, the famous the famous funeral passage. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I have learned that thou art with me. It doesn't matter where my feet take me, Lord. Thou art with me. On a college campus, thou art with me. In a divorce court, thou art with me. In the problems of life, thou art with me. Down in the darkest moments of life when you realize God is with me. That puts a clap in my hands. That puts a shout in my voice because I can't go anywhere. When I look around, I find out that he is there. I can't go through anything. And when I look around and realize I'm not going through this by myself, but there is a God who picks me up. He carries me. He holds me. He, he helps me when I stumble. God is with me. Amen. 
Amen, amen. Joseph, we read this morning, the dreamer, had learned this lesson so well. Joseph, of course, we wrote, we remember as a favored child, the spoiled child, he was the one that had found favor with his father. It was a favor that was not of his choosing, but something his father had placed upon him. That favor that came into his life, it would bring, it would bring him into the dilemma of his life. There was a plan of his father. There was favor of his father, and this favor would cause feelings in his family. This favor would bring into his life a, a beautiful coat which would signify his being a favorite child. Now I know every one of you had siblings and every one of you claimed that the other one was the favorite child. However, there is that moment in this story that, that Joseph indeed was the favorite kid. This favor would bring into him that coat, but it also would bring the resentment of his brothers. A coat more beautiful and even even more desirable than that of his, of his brothers would have. There had been a covering extended into Joseph's life that signified his tremendous favor that his father had placed on him. And Joseph would not really be able to understand these things. It's while grappling, it's while grappling with the consequences of such favor that he began to dream. Somewhere along the way, Joseph started dreaming. He started dreaming of stars. He started dreaming of sheaves. He started dreaming of, of the stars of the heaven when all of the stars that signified his brother would all encircle him and they would all, the stars would be encircling of his star. He dreamed of sheaves in the field that when the brothers were binding sheaves and they each brought a sheave to put in the wagon at harvest time. Each of those sheaves of his brethren would bow down to him. You see, when dreams start happening and favor comes into your world, dreams start coming to pass. And when you start dreaming, when you when you when your vision begins to expand and you begin to start having dreams, sometimes you can't control the dreams. You know, sometimes people daydream, but then there's those moments of life when you have a dream. You've got a dream that this business can get off the ground. You've got a dream that this thing can, can be successful. You've got a dream that you can quit your second job and only work the business. You have a dream that it is it's unbelievable when it starts coming to pass and, and you look at that and you, and you realize that I'm dreaming and, and, and my, my eyes and my mind, I'm out there in a world where I'm dreaming this thing can be bigger and better than I ever thought. Some of you can say, I'm living the dream. And some here in our church at this moment are absolutely living the dream. However, there's others who yet have, have, have arrived to the place where they're living the dream. But you've got a dream for your family. You've got a dream for where, the way God will use you. You've got a dream and a plan for his plan in your life. And, you, and, and that dream is out there and it's alive. I, I stand here this morning to simply say, keep dreaming, keep reaching, don't get weary, don't give up. Realize God's got a plan. He's got a destiny in your life. Amen. Amen. It's while grappling with
as well, grappling in the midst of this favor, in the midst of this dream, that, that he, he couldn't contain his dreams. And whenever, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And, and so, so when he would talk, um, his conversation would be about his dreams. And when, when he would just be with his brothers, and they're talking the things that's on their mind, the thing that was on Joseph's mind was the fact that he'd seen visions, he'd seen dreams, and he, he, he couldn't keep them on the inside. Joseph spoke of his dreams. You see, favor and dreams are not necessarily carte blanche for your daily success. For his dreams and his favor that he had would bring scorn from his brothers, would bring criticism from those around him. His dreams would earn him a pit. His dreams and favor would bring him to a slave quarters. His dreams and favor would bring him to Potiphar's house, but even in the midst of of those places your dream might take you, in the middle of the places where where that that dream might leave you sitting, you have got to realize that at Potiphar's house, I am not by myself in a pit. I am not by myself sold into slavery. I am not alone. Whatever your circumstance is, you've got to embrace the fact that I might be walking through that dark place. But I understand I am not by myself. Amen. Even in Potiphar's house, uh, favor continues because wherever this man landed, it seemed like he would float to the top. Uh, When he lost his way, uh, when you've lost your freedom, when you don't know which direction to turn, it would seem favor and dreams still come because God is not going to forsake you. And Joseph, uh, in the midst of moral accusations, uh, he kept dreaming. In the midst uh, of the fact uh, that the favor in his life uh, caught the attention of Potiphar... And Joseph began to find himself elevated yet again. It was the same favor. It was the same thing in him that not only caught Potiphar, but it caught the eye of his wife. It was the same favor that caught this woman's eye, and she literally destroyed him amid crazy accusations, amid the indiscretions of of, of the accusations of of this, this woman. Joseph continued to dream. He might have found himself arrested. He might have found himself uh, placed in a dungeon just a day or so later, but he didn't stop uh, dreaming. He kept kept dreaming, and it was that favor and that dream that was inside of him. It was that favor of God that began to elevate him inside the prison. He started in solitary confinement, and before long, he's the keeper of the jailhouse. Uh, Understand, even in prison, no No matter where you wind up. This is significant in this room today. No matter what your tomorrow holds. Please understand. You are not by yourself. You don't walk that pathway alone. You are not by yourself. Joseph had come to understand and know that favor will elevate you because you can't have his favor. You cannot have the favor of God without having the presence of God. And as long as you cling to that favor and that presence of God, if you just decide no matter what's going on, I'm going to love God. Job had lost all the significant things of his life except his love and his relationship for Jesus Christ. And when everything was gone, he said those famous words, though he slay me, 
yet will I trust him. In those moments, uh, it looks like your world might crumble around you. You understand without a doubt, I am not alone. In the emergency room at the hospital, you are not alone. When you're driving behind the hearse, you are not alone. When you don't have any money and you don't know which way to turn, you are not alone. Receive this word this morning. I challenge you in the Holy Ghost. You might have walked some pathways. You might have had some disappointments. There might have been a boomerang effect where you approach life and life bounced back and hit you in the face. But even when life smacks you right in the face, understand life might have smacked me, but I'm still standing because I've got the favor of God. I've got the promise of God. I've got the plan of God. He's got a destiny for me, and I'm going there. Joseph had come to know that favor will elevate you. It will take you places you never, you never thought uh, you would dream. Uh, let, me just, let me just share last Sunday night uh, the ministry of Brother Gary Carter here in our, our sanctuary. I've known Brother Carter for a, a long time. He told you how long it was. We were ordained the same day in, in 1992. And, and, and looking back, uh, I've known him through the ups and downs. He referenced the tragic death of his wife. and He referenced some other things. Uh, but... but Brother Carter told me something years and years ago. And when he told me that, uh, I scratched my head and I said, dude, that will never be you. Uh, but we were, we, were, we were eating one time. And this has got to be about 1994, 1995. He said, one of these days, uh, I'm going to work at Texas Bible College. And one of these days, he said, I want to be the president of Texas Bible College. Uh, I scratched my head and looked at my friend. I, I was thinking, dude, uh, you're a good guy, but you're not a TBC. You're not a Bible school guy. You're not a Bible school instructor. You're not a Bible school president. This is how your friends treat you. Imagine what his enemies. I was thinking this, and I couldn't help him. I couldn't help but marvel at his ministry on Sunday night because that man had a dream 30 years ago that God was going to take him some places and do some things with him. And you saw an example here last Sunday night. If you're faithful to God and you keep walking, hell cannot throw enough at you. Hell cannot bring enough anguish. Hell cannot bring enough grief. Hell cannot destroy you if you determine I've got a plan and I've got the favor of God and God's placed a destiny in my future and I'm going there and so I might not be qualified today but God's going to put me there. God's going to carry me there. Somehow God's going to arrange it and get me in that place. Can you clap your hands to the Lord and thank him. Thank him for keeping you. Amen. 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 I have little doubt of the ability God has um, to move somebody from from the pasture to the palace. Uh, You look at the life of David. There was David out there. He was the redheaded stepchild of all of those boys that were gone to war. But here was David strumming his little harp, uh, writing his songs, uh, playing his piano, just doing his little thing uh, out there all forgotten. Nobody knew that why he was out there by himself. Uh, He would kill a a bear. Nobody knew that why he's by himself out there. There would come the 
assault of a roaring lion that would want to destroy his flock and would want to destroy him. But why he was out there alone, thinking he was God forgotten and God forsaken, there was an anointing came on that young man and God moved on him to kill a bear. God moved on him to become victorious uh, over that lion that would want to devour and destroy him. You see, uh, if God's going to move you, uh, if he's going to move you from the pasture to the palace, uh, there's going to be a process that you're going to be in for a season. And we don't like that process. We want to bypass the process. We want to circumvent the process. But if you circumvent God's process in your life, you won't be able to handle the favor that you're going to come into one of these days. You've got to realize that process is important. That's where the reason when somebody gets a scratch-off lottery ticket and finds themselves the instant winner of, of, a, of a million dollars. That's the reason why you hear these stories that they take the cash option and they walk away with $750,000 in just a windfall. And then you hear the story just a, a few weeks later that all the money's gone and they have less after the ticket than they had before the ticket. It's because sometimes an instant win is really not a win, but it's a loss. you got to realize it takes some maturity to be able to handle that million dollars. It takes some plan to be able to handle that, to handle that. So God, if you've got me somewhere in your process, if I'm Lord, if you've got me what I feel like stuck over here in this process, I'm not going to get impatient with you, God. I'm going to wait and I'm going to walk. And if I can go forward a step, I'll move forward to step. If life pushes me a couple steps back, so be it, Lord. But I'm still stepping forward, and I'm going to go through this process, and I'm going to allow your plan to unfold in my life. And when God is able to unfold that in your life, you realize I cannot believe. That's the reason Paul says all things work together for the good of them that walk after the Spirit. It doesn't say all good things work together. It says all things. There's some good days that make some steps forward. There's some bad days that pushed you back. It says all things, good things, bad things, so-so things. You may not feel like you're moving the right direction today, but just hang in there and keep moving. Keep believing. Keep trusting. Keep praying because God knows the steps that you take. He orders your steps. He will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He knows exactly what what's going on in your life. And so I challenge you in the Holy Ghost, remember this, you are not alone. You may be facing unbelievable decisions, but you are not alone. Your world may be overwhelming you. Your world might be rocking right now, but you are not alone. Hear this pastor this morning. You're not by yourself. You're not by yourself. You're not by yourself. There is a God who is available. There is this Lord of ours. We worship him. You're not, you're not alone. You're not alone. Hallelujah. We laugh and we, 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 we look at some of the, the stories in the scripture. And we look at them just like, oh, well, just another Bible story. But I'm telling you, if you cannot find tremendous truth in the smallest the smallest of biblical stories, then 
then something's wrong with your, your searcher. Because if I look at some of these, these stories and we reference them oft times. But when we reference them and we look back, we, 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 we've got to have something to hang on to them. And there was that moment, those disciples, they, they grappled with a ship. They grappled with waves and they grappled with a storm. They grappled with, with all of this. Uh, they were grappling. They had some of those boys were rowing. And some of those boys were bailing water out. Uh, there are moments in life, it seems like uh, you're rowing with all that you can. And you're, it's, you're not making enough headway. And so, and so you got somebody, I mean, while, while you're rowing, you got mama with, with, a, with a skillet dipping water out of the bottom of that boat because you're trying, you're trying to survive. Why is it that what's out there wants to so come into our world? It wants to so overwhelm us. If there's pressures in your daily living that is so trying to crush your marriage and crush your faith and force its way, I mean, hell wants to bring what's out there and inundate you with that. But I say when that happens, don't be overcome with the storm and don't be distracted too much by what hell is trying to dump on you and blow into your little ship. But I say look, look unto Jesus. Lift up your eyes. Look, because in that storm, in the middle of that storm, they look up and here comes Jesus walking on the water. The Sunday school class will sing that song. Here comes Jesus uh, walking on the water. Here comes Jesus uh, walking on the water. And we say it's trite, it's nice, uh, it's juvenile, but it's not just trite, it's not just nice, it's not just juvenile, it's Bible. And if there's anything, I want my six-year-olds, I want my grandkids to know that when I'm in trouble, Jesus can come walking on my water. I want my teenagers to know, I want our young adults to to know when the hell is trying to crowd into your boat here can come Jesus walking on the water if I can't have a God who can walk on that water then I don't know what I'm gonna do but I've had some storms and I had to rely on a God who can come walking on the water who can come walking on the waves who can take dominion and authority over those things that assaulted my life and my family. You ought to be able to say, God, you have been good to me. God, you have, if he's ever walked on your storm, you ought to be able to clap your hands. If he's ever walked in the middle of your life, you ought to be able to rejoice. Amen. 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 You see, no matter where you find yourself, no matter the circumstances, no matter what, he, you are not by yourself. Paul and Silas, all they did was try to have church. All they did was a couple of miracles. All they did was cast a devil out of a, out of a demon-possessed young lady. And they found themselves in the bottom of the prison, incarcerated, locked, no way out, no, no light. They're in the 
bottom of the prison. But they soon discovered that even chained, they were not by themselves. Even locked in solitary confinement, they were not by themselves. They begin to sing praises. They begin to worship the Lord. In the midst of that, they discover we can be incarcerated. We can be blocked in, locked in. We can be in a circumstance where we don't know how we might ever have our freedom. But I am not by ourselves, by myself. But it didn't stop there. There was a jailer who would learn that when his jail was rocked and his prisoners were escaping, uh, instead of running and hiding and trying to escape with their life, uh, those prisoners, uh, Paul and Silas, uh, they turned to that jailer and said, do not be afraid. There is a God. You, look, you read in Acts, uh, you find where that jailer received the Holy Ghost. Uh, you find where that jailer became a believer right then. And it may be your world is literally being rocked. Uh, your world's falling apart. And you think it's going to be, I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to lose my career. I'm going to lose everything. But understand, if your world is shaking and rocking like that jailer would learn, you're not by yourself. You're not going through this alone. He's right there. He's going to carry you through this thing. He's going to make a way of escape. You're not going to be overwhelmed and overcome with this thing that's happening in your world. Amen. And when I realize when I realize no matter what goes on, I am not by myself. It makes, me, it makes me be able to navigate the disasters that come into my life and navigate them with poise and dignity and faith. When I have the, come to the understanding that he, I'm never by myself, that makes me want to quickly get to the presence of God because I understand and know that it's that presence of God that makes a way for me. It's that presence of God. I, I, this is the third week in a row I reference this verse again to you. But David said, I will look to the hills from whence cometh my help. And he pauses. I hear that, I've heard that verse. I hear it. And I say, I'm going to look to the hills. When I stop and think about that, I hear that verse. I'm trying to find the spiritual benefit of looking to the hills. And I realize at that moment, he wasn't looking to the hills for help. When you're looking to the hills, you're looking for a place to run. You're looking for a place to hide. You're trying to get out of town. You want to get out of Dodge. You want to get across the county line before the sheriff catches up with you. Look him to the hills. But then he asked the question, I will look to the hills. And then he asked that question, from whence cometh my help? The answer to that question is in the next verse, my help comes from the Lord. My help doesn't come from those hills. My help doesn't come from running. My help doesn't come from hiding out. But my help comes from the Lord. And understand this pastor today you're not by yourself because you're never in a place where God will not be there with you so you think I'm going to run you can't run from God you can't hide from God that is that is the hills from which cometh my help so when you realize these things you realize that you might be on a mission but God and you decide to to forsake God and make decisions contrary to the plan of God in your life as as Jonah was he was dispatched with a message from God he had a ministry he had a message he had a mission he had a purpose but he dropped the football on all of that and allowed fear to mount up in him and instead of going and doing what God said instead of doing what God said do he ran the other direction God had to bring a storm God had to shake his boat God prepared to 
fish. God put it in the hearts of a captain to let's, let's play a little dice game and see who gets the smallest number. Let's draw lots. And whoever, whoever does this is the guy that's caused the storm. We're going to throw him out of the ship. God had to prepare. The Bible says that God prepared a fish. You've got to understand something. If God needs you to be a Nineveh, Jonah, you might have got on the boat to go the other direction, but God's going to get you to Nineveh, and he might have put a might have to put a storm in your life, but God, this is part of God's plan to get you to Nineveh, and he might, he might have you thrown out of the boat and scare the life out of you, you're about to pass on and die but God's going to get you to Nineveh if that's his plan Jonah is going to Nineveh you might as well get ready Nineveh Jonah is going to come to Nineveh so he put he, he thrown him out of the boat and God prepared a fish and if God if God has got to prepare something that seems like it's going to consume you and swallow you up and take you to depths where you have despair and darkness you've got to understand God said, Jonah, you're going to go to Nineveh, and no matter how hard you try, I'll turn your boat around, I'll send you a storm, and if that doesn't work, I'll create the first submarine, and I'll come, and I'll catch you, and I'll move you to the place where I'm taking you. Had Jonah just gone, Nineveh would have repented. We saw what happened when God finally got him there, burped him out on on the beach. He walks towards Nineveh with all the bile and seaweed and garbage of the belly of the whale on him and he begins to preach Nineveh stops and Nineveh begins to repent God will take you and put you where he wants you so don't you think for a moment you can run from God don't you think for a moment you can escape God he can turn your ship around he can move you right back to where he wants you to be he can pick you up and transform transfer you to the place of his perfect plan for your life So don't look at what's going on as the end of it. But realize God said, get to Nineveh, Jonah. And God took Jonah to Nineveh. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me this morning? Amen. I'll preach to you 30 minutes. That's plenty. Hallelujah.